0: Okay, we're on the end of Pei Vav HaMed Beis. The Gemara says, we're listing Rav Yehuda Shita about a blind person. So the Gemara says, the last thing we said, that Rav Yehuda pattered a blind person from Busha. He also pattered him from Chayv Emisas Besdin and Chayv Golus and Lashes. Tani Ituch, the Beis says, the end of Pei Vav HaMed Beis. Rav Yehuda Oimer, suma a blind person is not responsible for busha. Um, I think this works. Yeah, this works both ways. That uh um, hold on, I'm sorry. That if he embarrasses someone, he doesn't have to pay. And review the exempts them from all monetary law, meaning so. So we, uh, many Rishayim say it doesn't mean that they're allowed to take ribbis, but what it means is that they're <coughs> that they're not they're not allowed to be a judge or baklaw involved in any lawsuits. Anything involved in with mandatory law, they're not included. My time what's the reason why review this says that they're exempt from monetary law? the passage <laughs> The describes Bezin and it says the Bezin will adjudicate between Makis and go'el adam and accidental death So the implication is, kol The implication is that only someone who's included in the laws of incidental death of go'el adam and maka is included in the laws of mishpatim. But if you're not, and we already proved yesterday that Sumas do not get, uh, don't go to goles and they don't get lashes, so because they don't go to goles, they don't get lashes, they also are not included in the laws of mishpatim. Okay. Tani another brayso. Rav Yehuda Eimer suma le'boshes. A blind person is not responsible for humiliating someone. The chen ha'yarev Yehuda poitim mekol Rav Yehuda exempted them from all mitzvus in the tower. They're from all mitzvus. They're not obligated in any mitzvus I say. My time that blind people are potter from mitzvahs. Pasa compares the Torah laws to monetary law. Anyone who's included in the laws of monetary law has to keep Torah mitzvahs. Now, so they're exempt from all mitzvahs in the Torah. So Taisa says that while they're exempt to they they're still Chayv Midar This is a teaching from Rav Shimon. I remember this when I was in Yeshiva. The Chanan and Kavit Shurim quotes from his Rebbe Rav Shimon Shkab that he says that you're telling me that the potter from mitzvahs from the Torah. So they don't have to, let's say, wear Tefillin biblically. But Chazal said that they should. Here's the question. Why do they have to listen to Chazal? The only reason why you listen to Chazal is because the Pasuk says you should listen to Chazal, but they're exempt from the Torah. If you're exempt from the Torah, then why do I have to listen to the rabbis? If I only have to listen to the rabbis because there's a mitzvah to listen to them, small, right, that there's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis, so the whole authority of the Rabbanim is because the Torah says so, if they're exempt from the Torah, how can I be exempt from the Torah, all to to the Torah, who gives the Rabbanim koyach to me? So what says, here from Shimon, the techois, the Chazal say, you should listen to Chazal, not just because the Torah says so, because it's the Rotson Hashem. And therefore, even if the Torah exempts you, but if Chazal say to do it, that is the Rotson Hashem. It's a very deep Indian that you. you could have Rotson Hashem outside of the Ramach and Shesalos say, Hase, Ramach Haseim, Hase. That's the teaching. And therefore, blind people are exempt from the Torah, but the Chazal say, we're telling you the Rotson Hashem is for you to keep and you should listen to us because we know the Rotson Hashem. Very deep in. Right. I'm Rav Yosef. Now, Rav Yosef was blind. So now, Rabbi Yehuda just said that blind people are exempt from all mitzvahs. So Rabbi Yosef said, shavamina." Originally, I used to say, "Mandamr Rabbi Yehuda." He said, I, I used to say that if you tell me we pass on a review, that would be very happy. I'd make a Yamta for you. Why? I Meaning he's very happy to follow review Yehuda. Because Rav Yehuda says he's exempt, but he still did it. So he felt he was going above and beyond the letter law. He thought that that was a higher madrig at my time. Because I am blind. I'm not obligated to perform the missus according to Rav Yehuda. But I still do it. So I used to say that if you tell me you pass on a review, that would be very happy. But hash, Gav but hash Adama Tashmada Rav Haninah, but now that I heard Rav Chanina's teaching, but Rav Khanina famously said that it's better to be commanded and do it than to not be commanded and do it. Because when you're commanded, you have uh, a Yitzhara. So now that I heard Rav Khanina said that it's better to be mitzvah the mitzvahs and going above and beyond the letter of law is not as good as actually doing what you're told. Now I'd be happy if you tell me we don't pass leg. Meaning I used to be very happy to not be obligated in terms. Of, I was doing it anyway, and I thought that was even better. But now that I was told Chanina that it's better to be obligated in terms of, I I would rather hear that we don't pass Legraphy. I'd rather hear that I'm a choy of in Theramisus. Okay. Zakhna Mishnah. Mishar. this is one of the ways where human people injuring others are more stringent than an ox injuring someone because we know that when a person injures someone with a, phys- a permanent physical damage you have to pay the five things and if a person injures a pregnant woman and causes the fetus to be miscarried he has a penalty that he has to pay it's all parish in the Torah and sure but an ox doesn't pay for the five things he just pays and an ox does not pay for causing a miscarriage. Okay. Then the Mishnah continues. If you hit your parents, but you did not cause a wound. So you caused an injury without a wound. So if you caused a wound, you'd get the death penalty for hitting your parents, and then it would be cumulative. There are many wouldn't have to pay for any, any medical or any tsar. But over here, you hurt them without making a wound. So no death penalty. So you're chayiv. Or. If you wound your friend on Yim Kippur, now wounding on Yim Kippur is Koresh, and this Mishnah feels that Koresh, there is monetary payment. Therefore, both these cases, you have to pay all five things. Let's say you wound a Jewish slave, you have to pay. But if, let's say, you owned a Jewish slave and you hurt him, you have to pay for tsar. you have to pay for Ripoy, and and Nezek, but you don't have to pay for Shabbos, you don't have to pay for unemployment, because he's your slave. What am I paying unemployment for? Who am I paying it to? To the employ to the slave. The slave it doesn't affect the slave, it affects his employer. I am his employer, so you don't have to pay because he's your property. And for you don't have to pay for the, his lack of work because he's your property. If you own the Canaanite slave of someone else, you have to pay all. Review the aimer love other this you don't have to pay Busha for a slave because he's a slave they're not included in the parish of Busha so you have to pay four out of five things okay fine they're very dangerous why because if you wound them you have to pay the but if they wound others they're potter so they could only inflict damage but they, they can inflict damage without because they're they're not in, they don't know what they're doing they're not responsible for their actions but if you hurt them you have to pay so it's a one it's a one-way street similarly a canaanite slave and a jewish woman they're also a one-way street now, why is it a one-way street? Meaning, if you hurt a woman, you have to pay, but if a woman hurts that she doesn't have to pay. Why would that be? So the, Maris, the, the Mishnah feels the difference is that because they're not, they're not included in the parasha of, punish, of penalties, of punishment. A woman and a slave are, but just a woman and a slave generally don't have their own money because whatever a woman's property is belongs to her husband. So therefore, the husband doesn't have to pay, and she doesn't have money. Now, if she happens to have money, then she would. But a kanani slave also. It's not like he's exempt from paying penalties. He just doesn't have any money. So therefore, if they hurt others, they don't pay because they don't have anything to pay with. But if they get hurt, they 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 get they receive money. Now, but, although if they hurt others, they don't have to pay, again, it's like I said, it's not because they're exempt from money, it's because they don't have any money. So says the Mishnah, Al when they do get money, let's say a married woman hurts somebody, says so she doesn't have any money of herself, it all belongs to her husband, so she doesn't have to pay. But then she gets divorced. Oh, now she has to pay. Or a Canaanite slave becomes free. Now he has to pay. Because again, it's not that they're and potter. they're only potter because they don't have money. But if they get money later on, then they have to pay. Let's say you hit your parents and cause a wound, so you get the death penalty. So you don't have to pay any monetary law because or if you wound your fellow on Shabbos, so if you hurt your friend on Shabbos, you're going to get the death penalty. Unlike Kim Kippur, which is Karis, Shabbos is Nisa's best Potamik Kulon, you're because Kim the Deramine, because you're going to get killed, and Kim the Deramine. And if you wound your own Canaanite slave, Potamik because he's your own property. Okay. Now... Here's the case. You injured a girl under Bat Mitzvah. The question is, who gets the money? Does it go to her or does it go to her father? So, what's the question based on? Meaning, why would it go to the father? So, me, do we say, we know that under a girl's under Bat Mitzvah, the halacha is that. When she's under bat mitzvah, all of her money that she makes—let's say she has a job—it goes to her dad, or even kesef kedushin goes to the father. So you see that the Torah says that a girl that age, a girl that's young, the father is financially gets all the payments. So if the father gets the, if the father gets the, um, the, the what do you call it, the the payments from her job, her uh, her salary, or anything she finds. Isn't it very likely that it would that the father would also get Nezek that happens to her? So the Gemara says, do we say, because the the Pasuk says the Pasuk says, that the father gets the the Pasuk, the father gets any money that she earns at that age, it would make sense that she also the father also gets the financial penalties. Now, why would this be my time at the apchis Betabcha? Because by you injuring her, you lessened her value. Meaning, the same way he could sell her as a slave, or he gets her financial value as a worker. By you injuring her hand, she's now worth less. Now you've affected the father, so the father should get the money. Oydil, or perhaps no. Shevach Perhaps the only reason why the father gets, let's say, the the kesef kedushin or the, the financial, uh, you know, let's say her salary, is It's because the father, because the father can marry off to anyone he wants. Even someone that's embarrassing. And therefore, let's say, the, it would make sense that, you know, he's in charge of the busha because he can marry her off to someone that's embarrassing. But that's why he gets the salary, because he could sell her off as a slave, or that's why he gets because he can marry her off to anyone he wants but over here we're not talking about case of condition we're not talking about a salary over here we're talking about injury payments meaning the question is like this do you just look at the result and that the, that's the father gets the money for things so to the father should get the money for injury payments as well or do you look at it as why the father gets let's say the salary because the father can sell her off as a slave the father gets the case of condition because the father can marry her off when he wants he's in charge of the he could control that circumstance but over here, the money is being received for an injury. Can the father injure her if he wants? No. Meaning maybe, the Gemara says, when it comes to injury payments, it's not like he could injure her if he wants. Maybe he doesn't get it. Go to the next page. Meaning, that's the question. The question is, do we say, well, the father gets the her her uh, her salary or, or her or her of um, Kedushin, so that means the father gets everything, so the father gets injury payments. So you say, no. The father gets kesef kedushin because he can marry her off. He doesn't get injury payments because he can't injure her. It's not like he's in charge of her injury status. So perhaps he doesn't get it. So says the Gemara, go to the next page. He does not get it. The Torah only gave it to her regarding, regarding uh, salary or of kedushin, not regarding Nezek and Baishas. I'm sorry, Nezek and Shavas, and therefore he, do, he, he does not get the injury payments. Okay, so right now he doesn't get any injury payments. The Mishnah says, If you injure uh, a, a Jewish slave, and you have to pay all five payments, except for unemployment, because you're his employer, you're in charge of his uh, of his employment. So what do you see from here? You see that if you injure an evadivri. And he belongs to you you don't have to pay shabbos because you're in charge of his employment now a father is definitely in charge of the employment of his daughter so why wouldn't the father at least get shabbos? I mean, you're saying the father doesn't get anything but you see from an evidentiary that the dynamic is that if you're in charge of his employment status you get the money so over here the father's in charge of her employment the father can definitely uh, you know, gets the salary, definitely can choose where she works, can sell her as a slave even. So I understand you want to say she doesn't get Nezek, but she definitely should get Shevas. So the Gemara says, you're right. When Rob says she doesn't get the payments, he was just talking about Nezek, of course he gets Shevas. So when Rob says that a father does not get the injury payments for the daughter on the Bar Mitzvah, it's referring, to she- uh, it's referring to Nezek. He does get Shevas. that he agrees. But he, so when, when, so when it says he doesn't get money, he's talking about Nezek, but shevis he gets. By the way, when I say under Bamis, I actually mean under Bagris. so it's under, uh, up till 12 and a half. The point is, the father definitely gets the shevis. What Rav meant is that he doesn't get the Nezek. So shevis yes, Nezek, no. Okay, I have another question. Ace you're telling me the father doesn't get the Nezek. I have a very clear Bryce that says that the Nezek goes to the father. The brisa says, let's say you wound your adult son you have a son who's 14 years old and the father hurts him so you Yad, you got to pay right away meaning once he's above bar mitzvah he's financially responsible that you could pay him right away and we're not afraid that he's gonna throw the money in the trash let's say you wound your son who's under bar mitzvah you wound a seven-year-old so you have to make a trust for him meaning we you have to pay the money but if you give him the cash now he's too young to to understand and to take care of it so you make a trust fund and that way it'll be available when he becomes bar mitzvah if you wound a girl under your daughter under bar mitzvah potter you don't have to pay because the money goes to you and more than that any person that hurts a girl under bar mitzvah the money goes to her dad oh so how could Rob say that the money does not go to the father the abriza clearly states that it does so the Gemara answers the same thing, hachanami this Bryce is not referring to Nezek, really Nezek goes to her. When this brysa says that it goes to the father, that was talking about sheves, and sheves, unemployment definitely goes to the father. Okay, the Gemara continues, We said in this brysa. Uh, now that we mentioned the Bryce, let's analyze it. The brysa said that if you injure in a, your son who's over bar mitzvah, you give him money right away. Really? Or many. I have a Braisa that says, If you injure the sons and daughters of others, so what's the halacha? If they're above bar mitzvah yitam miyad, you pay right away. If they're under bar mitzvah yaslam skula, you make a trust fund. But let's say you injure your own children, potter, your potter. So use, says so a straight up contradiction. The first Braisa says that if you injure your adult son, you give him the money right away. You have to pay. But this verse says that if you injure an adult son, you don't have to give him the money because you're the father. So, do you have to give the money or not? So, it's a straight up contradiction. So, Gnomar says, Amri, the answer is like Kasha. Kansha smuch and al shalchan, Kansha ain smuch and al The answer is like this. It depends. Even if they're above bar mitzvah, it depends. Are you financially taking care of them? Are there semich al but you could have a kid that's 13. Most kids that are 13 are still living at home. And the father's paying the bills, and the father's paying rent, and the father's feeding them and clothing them. That's called smuchim al shulchanim. The halacha is, it says it in word like this. When the, price, the first price, it says that you have to pay, that's talking about when they're not saymech al shulchanim. That means they're above bar mitzvah and they're financially independent. Then you have to pay. But when the second price says you don't have to pay, that's talking about when they're above bar mitzvah, but they're saymech al shulchanim, they're still financially, you're still taking care of them. Okay, so the Gemara says, So the first price that says that you pay, that's talking about where the kids are no longer living financially on, on the father's table. Meaning, the first price that says that you pay, that's talking about where there's the kids are financially responsible on their own. Wait a minute, so that's, telling me, that's what the price is referring to. The price is talking about a case where the kids are... Independently really financial financially independent so wait a minute so let's analyze that brysa now the brysa said if you wound your daughter uh, a girl who's uh, your your own daughter potter. and more than this anyone who injures any daughter of any man you have to pay the father wait a minute if you're telling me that the brysa is talking about children that are financially independent then the end of the price doesn't make sense. What do the end of the prices say? If I hurt a girl that's 11 years old, I don't give the money to her, I give the money to her dad. But why? If that girl, if you're telling me the whole price is talking about children that are, or people that are financially independent, if you have a girl who's 11 but has her own apartment and lives on her own and the father doesn't take care of her at all, why am I paying the father? You tell me the whole price is talking about children that are financially independent, say the end of the it doesn't make sense. What do the end of the say? If the kid is, 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 if you hurt a daughter, you give the money to the father. But if the kid is financially independent, I'll say it outside soon as of not if the kid is financially independent, why are you paying the father? You should pay her. So the Gemara said. Uh, if she's financially independent, shouldn't she give her the money to buy money? She needs it for sustenance. She needs it to pay her bills. And even if there is an opinion who says that a person can say to a slave, you have to work for me, but I'm not feeding you. Meaning, don't think that a father can say, I know you're financially independent. I'm taking your money. And I'm not feeding you. That's not true. That's only true by an evikinani. Because in you could say you're working for me, and I'm not feeding you. But a Jew, a daughter, a, 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 any Jewish slave, any Jew, you can't treat that way. So you're telling me that we're talking about a case where it's a your daughter; she's financially independent. So you're not taking care of her at all. So why should the father get any of the money? Doesn't make any sense. So how could you say that the Bryce is talking about? The Bryce is talking about children that are financially independent. If they're financially independent, then why is the father getting the injury payments of the daughter? So the Gemara says, and by the way, we said that that's talking about Chavez, but why is the father getting anything? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, You know the answer is, we're talking about a case, you're right, how much money does she need to survive? Let's say she needs for a month to pay her bills and to pay her expenses, to pay her food. She needs $500. So if the payments are $500 or less, of course she gets it. What does this b'risa mean when it says it goes to the father? That's talking about the money that's above the expenses, meaning the cases where she's under ba mitzvah. So really the father should get the money because under bat mitzvah is the father. But because she's financially independent, the father's basically saying you're on your own. So therefore it's like this, when the brysa says that the money goes to the father, it's not talking about the amount of money that she needs to survive, it's talking about anything above that. So let's say she needs, for a month, $500. So if the payment is $500 or less, she gets it. But let's say it's a $20,000 bill that you're paying for the injury. So then the father gets $19,000 and 500, and she gets 500. Of course she has to get enough money to survive. Anything above that, that the father gets. Okay. So now we had a contradiction in the brayses, and we said the second braysa that said that you don't have to pay for your uh, injuries to your own children, that was talking about uh, children that are soimech al So the Gemara says, How did you explain the second Braisa? Talking about a case where the children are still uh, financially uh, dependent on the father. Now, now, the, here's the thing. Let's look at the Bryce. Again, it says, Gedoylim, that if someone injures someone else's adult children, Yad, you pay them right away. And Kitanim, Yasim skula. And if you injure, so if Ruven injures Shimon's children, if the children are above Bar Mitzvah, you pay right away. If they're above, under Bar Mitzvah, you make a trust fund. Am I? But why? Why are you giving the money to the kids? If you're telling me the Bryce is talking about a case where the children are financially dependent on the father, right? If you're telling me that the case is where, Ru, again, Reuben injures Sh, Shimon's children, and what's the to say? If they're above bar, bar mitzvah, you pay it away. If they're under bar mitzvah, you make a trust fund. But this entire Brice, you're also telling me is referring to a case where where the children are still living at home. If the children are still living at home, why are you paying the kids? Shouldn't you give it to Shimon? Shouldn't you give it to their father? The Gemara says, shouldn't you give it to the father? So the gemara says meaning if they're still living at home that means that they're still financially dependent so why doesn't the father get the money so because the halacha is that if they find a the lost object it goes to the father right the earnings of their jobs go to the father so why doesn't the father if there's then it should be Mashakana Kana Aviv. So, why doesn't the father get the injury payment? So, the Gemara says Amri. Kika Kapit, when does the father mind? It's interesting. This Sugya is like the Gemara assumes that the, the, the money, whether the money goes to the father when they're dependent, is contingent on how much the father minds. Now, the Gemara says Kika Kapit, when does the father mind? When does the father take the money, when it causes the father money, meaning, if the father is losing out on a business deal, let's say the father is, you know, whatever, he's paying for uh, he's paying for their college, whatever, it is. it's costing him money, so then he gets it back. But over here, where it's an injury payment, where the father, it's just a windfall, meaning it's not like the father lost money in the deal, like up it, meaning, the case is again, Reuven injures Shimon's kids, now Shimon's kids are 15, They're living at home. They're like any other kids that are 15 living at home. The father pays all the bills. What's the halacha? The kids get the money. But why shouldn't it go to the father? The answer is the father only gets the money when the father is losing out in some sort of transaction. If the father is losing out, then the father gets the money. But over here, it's not related to the father at all. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You're telling me that the father only gets the money when he's losing out, ha But I mentioned before that if Shimon's kids, who's 15, finds a lost object on the street. He finds a Rolex on the street. What's the halacha? It goes to the father. The father didn't lose out in that case. And yet still Chazal say that because he's paying, he should get it. So what's the difference? If the kids have a lost object that they find, it goes to the dad. But if the kids get injured, it goes to them. What's the difference? The I'll tell you the difference. The answer is, I'll tell you the difference. The father always gets the money if the father lost out financially. In these two cases, both the injury and the Rolex on the floor, the father did not lose out. What's the difference, though? The difference is the Rolex didn't hurt the kids, meaning the father is willing to allow the kids to keep the money when it doesn't affect him financially and they went through pain. Meaning, so when a kid finds a Rolex, the father's like, that's mine. I'm paying for everything. I expect to get the Betseus. And it's not like the father says the kid deserves to find it because he went through suffering. He didn't go through suffering. He found it on the floor. But when the kid gets injured, he loses his hand. And the father is not losing any money in the deal. And the father knows that the kid went through tsar. So when the kid went through tsar and... There's no loss to the father. That's when the father says, "You know what, the kid should have it." So it's it's a little bit contingent on the father's mindset. And the father's mindset is like this: If the father loses money in any of the deal, he gets the money that he gained. That's for sure. If the father de- didn't lose the money, then it depends. If the kid went through suffering in the transaction, the father's is Michael. If the kid did not go through suffering, like finding a lost object, with the father, the kid did not go through suffering. Then the father expects to get it back. So the gemara says, "Wait a minute, ha ha sum." One last problem. So you're telling me that if the kid went through suffering and it didn't affect the father, the kid should get it. But what's the end of the b'raisa? The b'raisa says, the b'raisa ended off that if you injure a girl under 12 and a half, the money goes to the dad. But wait a minute. That the father didn't lose anything. And the girl went through the suffering. So if you injure a girl who's 12 years old, so the halacha is, and her mark let's see, she loses her hand, the money goes to the father, but why? She went through this suffering. The father didn't lose anything, so why should it go to her? Based on your, uh, based on your equation, so the answer is awesome. Amri hasam Over there, when the brayzer says it goes to the father, we're talking about a specific case where the father is makbid. Why? Meaning, if you look back. this is going back to the first b'risa. The first b'risa said, you see there were two b'risa. The second b'risa, which we said was talking about that's the ratio, that was all the information we had before. But there's a first b'risa. The first b'risa said that if you injure a girl under 12 and a half, the money always goes to the dad. And that we said is talking about meaning even if the the daughter is, is financially independent, still the money goes to her. So the question is why? If you're telling me that the ratio is that the father should always get, that the kid should get the money if the kid went through suffering, then why does it go to the dad? The answer is over there, we're talking about specifically a case. It's a specific case where the father is makbit. The father wants the money. Why? Because as we said, we explained the b'raisa, he doesn't even support the daughter anymore and she's under bat mitzvah. And the father over there is particular, the father over there is particular that that he get everything. Meaning over there we're talking about a case where the father is not supporting her. So he's clearly a cheap guy. But he's still makbid that he gets some of the money. And therefore, in the first b'risa, we're talking about a case where the father's makbid, and therefore he gets the injury payments. But a over the second b'risa, we're talking about a father who's not a cheap guy. Because he's still supporting them. Then the father is only about things that he lost. So it's very interesting. It seems like it's up to the father. And in the first brace, the reason why the father gets the daughter's payments when she's under bat mitzvah, again, for unemployment, is because over there, he's particularly, he's Now, how do I know that he's makhbed? Because he stopped supporting her financially and she's under bat mitzvah. So you see that he's a cheap guy and he wants every penny for himself. So therefore, because he wants every penny for himself, he holds on to the payments of unemployment. But... In the second so which we're talking about, the standard case where the father is no longer makpid, because you see, he's a he's a good father, because he's still financially supporting the kids, even when they're above bar mitzvah. That's when he is Mac he's he's cool with the kids getting the money as long as they went through tsar. Okay, now we said in the braysa that if the kids are under Bar Mitzvah, you have to pay the, 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 the penalty, do uh, you call? You have to pay the injury stat, uh, payment, but you can't give it to them directly because they're not trustworthy. So you make a trust fund. My school, oh, what is the trust? So we have like literally trust funds, but they didn't have trust funds. So if Chizdamer, Sefer Torah, write a Sefer Torah that uh, he could learn Torah from. The Sefer Torah will always keep the same value. He'll be able to use it. It's a good investment a palm tree the palm tree will always you know you could eat the fruits and the palm tree has um uh, palm tree has the same value it's not gonna lose value that's the trust fund okay let's just finish up the subject now we started off this amid by saying that the discussion of whether the father gets we know that under under 12 and a half the father gets um nurem, which is her financial uh you know let's say her 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 salary and anything that she finds, the question is, does he also get injury payments? The father only gets, um, he doesn't get her injury, he only gets her salary. Rav Yechanan said, no, the father is entitled to compensation even for a wound that she suffered. Now the question is like this, I understand, we we were talking about an injury. Now an injury is talking about, let's say, an exposed injury, let's say missing a hand, where her status as a slave is affected and her value is lessened. A patsia implies a wound that's like even if, let's say, she has like a rash on her shoulder, which no one's going to see. The question is, says Rav he gets the he gets the money, the payments for even a patsia. Now the question is, I understand why he should get money if it affects her status as a slave, but if a patsia, which implies a wound, not a patsia is a wound, not an injury, not a long term injury, just a, a, a subtle wound, if that doesn't affect her status as a slave, why is why is he getting the money? So the Gemara says patsia. Again, I, I think it's Poshit that I saw this before that. Um, Yeah, I. Uh, where do I see this? I, I saw that there's a Shaila. I think that it's posh it that the, she gets the Ripoy and uh, the Boishas. I'm uh, sorry, the the Repoy the, the Shaila is only whether it's on Nezek or Tsar. Okay. Now, the point is like this. Yeah, the. the Tsar, ripoy, and Boishis, the daughter definitely gets. The question is only nezek and and Sheves. So over here, Rav Yechen saying that he, he, the father receives the payments for a patsia. Now a ptsia might have tsar, but that should go to the daughter. Our whole discussion is nezek and shavas. Why? Why would nezek is only when there's a change in your status as a slave? A Ptziah implies a wound that's covered up. So why would there be any? Why would you have to pay nezek for that? So the Gemara says Go to the next page I don't understand, why would there be psia? Why is there nezak for ptsiya? Because there's no... If a Psia is just a wound that's not going to last long and it's an, on a, a covered part of your body so why, why is there why is there, uh, there ptsiya at all? So the Gemara says why is The case is where the petziah is on her face. So therefore, it is a wound, but because it's on the exposed part of her body, it does affect her slave market value. No one wants to buy someone with a wound on their face. And therefore, that's Rav feels goes to the father. We'll stop here. Uh, Be'z Hashem, Monday morning. I don't know if I'll be able to give it live. I'll be back in New York, Be'z Hashem, um, landing 545. So uh, if I'm able to make it there on time, I'll go straight from the airport. If not, then we'll continue in person Tuesday. I'll keep you posted on Monday morning.